0: It's lights out, and away we go. Good start from Vettel, good start from Raikkonen. Vettel does cut across to block out his teammate. Bottas ahead of Hamilton. Ricardo on the inside is cut out by Verstappen. Hülkenberg is trying to get past Ricardo. Sebastian Vettel out in front ahead of Valtteri Bottas and Kimi Raikkonen. Here comes Valtteri Bottas. This is going to be so close. This is very tight indeed. Sebastian Vettel comes out. Bottas gets past Sebastian Vettel. The undercut has worked for Mercedes. Bottas ahead of the man that was leading this race. And a yeah. safety car is exactly what they have got, which I wonder if it means people are going to dive into the pits, and one of the Red Bulls has dived into the pits. It's Max Verstappen. It's, so it's a double stack for Red Bull, because in comes Ricardo as well. At Mercedes and Ferrari, they, they didn't have the time to react. The safety car came out at the wrong time for them. They couldn't get in the pits, some of them. Here no. we go. Bottas covers Go. it off, but he can't cover it off totally. Ricardo somehow finds a gap there, and Valtteri Bottas gave him enough respect and enough room, and he squeezed through Daniel Ricardo to take the lead at the Chinese Grand Prix. Come on. Get it, girl, Get it. Daniel Ricciardo retired from four of the last six races he had a turbo failure in practice he very nearly missed out on qualifying he has made every single opportunity that's come his way today Ricciardo wins the Chinese Grand Prix
1: you're listening to the Q3 podcast
2: G'day everybody and welcome
1: to another edition of the Q3 podcast, this is the Chinese Grand Prix Preview. I'm your host, Ben Pascuzzi. I'm joined by my other co-host, James Worth. James, how are we? I'm pretty good. How are you, Ben? Very good, thanks. You sound a little bit worse
2: for wear. What's, what's I going don't know. on? I think I just had too many um, sporting activities to go to this weekend. It's all right. Okay. My voice has just become idea of that. Could also
1: be from your cheering and your agony when Charles Leclerc of course, wasn't able to oh, come damn. away in first place from the previous Bahrain oh, Grand Prix, which we, we will... It's, we it will, still hurts. Yeah, we will revisit that. We do have a Bahrain Grand Prix wash-up and some talking points which have come from that Grand Prix, as well as testing, uh, which did take place on the Monday and Tuesday after the race. We'll also be previewing, of course, this upcoming Chinese Grand Prix, which I'm not sure if you realise, James, but is the 1,000th. Grand
2: Prix. I did know that. About ever. I know.
1: How crazy is that? What the F1, the or WTF1, whatever you want to call it. Um, that Facebook group. They did a post on April Fool's Day. I didn't realise it was April Fool's Day. And they fooled me mm. real good. It was really good. They had. Um, they said that the Chinese Grand Prix were bringing in all these new initiatives, like a classics or um, all, all the previous Grand Prix winners, all drivers' championship winners. They were all mm-hmm. going to race um, in all even cars or whatever then they're going to bring out retro uh, liveries and all of that so I was hooked and then and then they fooled me when they brought in a um, for qualifying 3 or Q3 pardon the pun on the podcast anyway but they said that um, what was it they were like changing the format of it and it was going to be like a one Mm -hmm. uh, lap thingo and then as soon as I read that I'm like okay it's full, but a couple of those points I will bring up with you because yes, please know, bring up with you. Could ben. could could be um, interesting for future races. But in the preview, there'll be five drivers most at stake, the team most at stake as usual, and our predictions on who will win the Grand Prix, as well as James finally putting in some legwork and contributing finally. and contributing to the Q3 podcast. He has got some Formula One official fan group comments and I've got and some posts like for different
2: us. news and whatever random facts. Good F1 world,
1: good to see you chipping in. Anyway, let's without further ado, let's get stuck into our wash up from the Bahrain Grand Prix. All right, so let's get into some talking points from the previous race, which of course was the Bahrain Grand Prix, won by Lewis Hamilton. Of course, just a reminder of the drivers standing. So the top two sees Valtteri Bottas sitting on 44 points, Lewis Hamilton. 43, and Charles Leclerc on 27 points. Uh, Of course, Bottas does have that one-point advantage due to getting the fastest lap, along with the win in the Australian Grand Prix. But anyway, some talking points from the Bahrain Grand Prix. The major one, which has been sparked by Italian media media and has been all over um, F1 discussion groups. And that is, the, I guess, the criticism... Sebastian Vettel's way has intensified uh, since his poor showing, I guess you could say, uh, in the Bahrain Grand Prix. Of course, Sebastian Vettel coming in fifth position there. He was behind the Red Bull of Max Verstappen, who finished in fourth. Uh, Many saying uh, that Sebastian Vettel, after having yet another error, hampered his race, which was the incident with Lewis Hamilton. And when Lewis Hamilton passed him, Vettel spun out trying to, I guess, save. He's just gone too hard. Yeah, he was going a little bit too hard, and of course that mistake isn't really too common with Sebastian Vettel, which was a, I guess, a key play of his in last year's uh, Drivers' Championship. But anyway, many are saying, and particularly the Italian media, that Leclerc has already taken, overtaken Sebastian Vettel as the number one driver at Ferrari. Yeah, James, boy, is that true? Is it true? Yeah, that's the question. Has Charles Leclerc mm. already overtaken Sebastian Vettel as the number 1 driver at Ferrari?
2: I think yes, solely because uh you know, he's had he's had a better performance. Um he's he oh, obviously got stuck behind Vettel in Australia and then Bahrain, he had a cracking weekend. He owned he owned the whole weekend uh which was just fantastic uh, for him. And you know, if we see bigger and better things in China, then you know it'll certainly be something like okay, fair enough. You know, there's there's nothing you can do about it. You've just got to you know sit there and just accept it. So, I think uh, Charles Leclerc has taken the um, taken the reins, so to speak. The mantle, the mantle. Yep. What do you reckon? No, he hasn't.
1: He's not the number one driver Ferrari yet. I mean, yes, good on him. One great weekend um, at the Bahrain Grand Prix, but the experience of Sebastian Vettel is still there. But like- he he's a four-time drivers world champion, and they are not going to, after two races, say that Charles Leclerc is the number one driver. Charles Leclerc will still make a heap of mistakes this season, and I will say that he'll probably make more than Sebastian Vettel. So, yeah, to say that he's the number one driver and already overtaken uh, Sebastian Vettel, I think, is a stretch too far. He will, I think he will become the number one driver come the end of the season, yep. but not throughout this season will he be becoming it. Fair So enough. Sebastian Vettel is still the number one driver, Ferrari. Yes, the pressure is building on him and it will intensify every single week that Leclerc does beat him, but Leclerc has not overtaken him yet as the number one driver. Fair point. Let's move into some pressure, more pressure, building on Renault and in specific, Daniel Ricciardo. So, of course, Renault had the retirement of Ricciardo in the Australian Grand Prix, which wasn't really a mechanical fault. It was just a mistake from Ricciardo. And then, of course, the two mechanical faults, which hampered the two Renault's race uh, in the Bahrain Grand Prix, where both of them retired with three laps remaining. Yep. A lot of pressure on Renault um, with the money that is coming in for the team and their want-to-be status of one of the, I guess, part of the big three, now big four they want to become of. So Renault, um, is the pressure, I guess, appropriate for them? And then with Daniel Ricciardo, um, obviously there's pressure of him not having completed two races himself yep. and obviously people saying, look was the move wrong, whatever, <laughs> um, is the pressure, I guess, how much of an effect, oh, I'll put it like this for you, how much of an effect do you think um, this pressure will have on Danny Rick for the season, and
2: then Renault moving forward, where do they go from here? Well, for as, as we've said in previous podcasts, um, Ricardo is going to feel frustrated, and he's going to you know, get these frustrations with a car that's not, you know, it's lacking performance, it's lacking pace. You know, the engine power isn't up there with the top three teams, obviously. Uh, But again, I think he has to trust the process and keep the faith with the car uh, because, again, he didn't move for 2019. He moved for 2021 when all the regulations come in.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: What do you reckon? You were shaking your head when I was talking there. Because you said trust the process. But it is, though. I mean, you know, as as Philadelphia 76 fans, we've got to trust a genuine, the process. You're a genuine bandwagon, though. I am, though. That's I'm the thing. a pre-bandwagon. Yeah. I'm just the Ben Simmons, like... Yeah, yeah I'm cause... the Joe Allen B. 2016 bandwagon. All
1: right, we're actually, gonna... that wasn't even a bandwagon <laughs> that year, so I, I don't even know why I say... Uh, I, 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 actually, no, I was right. Pre-bandwagon. Pre-bandwagon. Yeah, I got in the pre-bandwagon. Anyway, um, yeah, look, again, as we've said, too early to tell with Ricardo, but I just think... It's just with Renault. I think seriously, like if you want to be competing this week, um, I'll give you, I'll give our listeners a little bit of a hint as to where I'm going to say my team most at stake is. that's going to be Renault. Yep. I mean, two retirements at the Bahrain Grand Prix. You want to be a major three. team, and the amount of money that's coming into the team, the amount of money you're paying Daniel your Ricciardo, mm. and you can't get both cars to finish, and you can't get three out of your four possible finishes. Possible finishes mm. done. So. Pressure is going to Mount on Renault. I just
2: weekend. found it fascinating that they both came off within it was 200 metres of each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was seconds well, like, of I each don't... other. It was the exact same corner. Holkenberg just went straight off. Ricardo actually did the turn and then went off. So,
2: hmm. I
1: think he did a hard for Did someone get a button or something at Renault
2: and just say, you know what, screw this. We don't want the points. Just do that. Oh, I got no idea what's happening. People, people are saying that they would like to think uh, on the Daniel Ricciardo official fan group. If you haven't joined it, please join it. Mm. Uh, it they've said that uh, Renault have wanted to, you know, give Leclerc a podium. That's why they stopped their cars. Oh. So then, it, so then it could cause a safety bit of conspiracy here. Conspiracy. Um, that Renault, and,
1: and mind you, that it's not...
2: purposely. It's, Stop their cars mm. to cue a safety car. So then, Leclerc will so keep then his Leclerc podium. So then, Leclerc could keep his podium. Well, that wouldn't surprise
1: me coming from Renault because we all remember. <laughs> I mean, well, look, I hope we all remember. Are, hang on, okay. the, um, the 2008 Singapore Grand Prix. Well, where Nelson Piquet Junior deliberately was it
2: 2008? No, 2009 was the first Grand Prix. Singapore 2009 was it? 2009. Yeah, this is the 10th anniversary. It would, it would have been the first one when Masses um. Uh, what do you call it when Massa's uh, fuel fuel pipe? He he ran off with it without it being disconnected, and there was fuel spread all around the uh, pit lane. I'm pretty sure it was uh, 2009.
1: Okay, I'm researching right now on Google because I'm pretty sure
2: it was 2009. It's 2008. 2008.
1: So do not doubt me again. But anyway, I thought oh, quite. anyway, right. the, um, So in 2008, for those that don't know, but I hope you know, if you're a true F1 fan, you should know this, and that is that uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. He got told by his team to deliberately crash his car in order to, I guess, give Fernando Alonso, who was on wearing tyres, to pit and then come out in front of the lead, which is what happened. And he ended up winning the race because, of course, it is notoriously difficult to overtake at Singapore. It's very hard. That got investigated a year later. When Nelson Piquet was um, released by Renault at the end of the year, Nelson Piquet came forward saying, This is what the team did. This is why Alonso won that race. And subsequently, their director, I can't find, I can't remember his name, but he got suspended from the sport forever. Unbelievable. And they got disqualified from the sport, Renault. That's why they. Yep. That's why they. Um, that's the fall. So that's, what that's what why I'm saying they just come back. And that's why I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if. This is what the case Well, well let's be real. But mind you,
2: how,
1: how do you not know that? 2008 Singapore Grand Prix.
2: How dare you I, I don't know because all, the earliest memory that I can th- remember is uh, the two thousand F1 2009 uh, video game on the Wii, uh, which was the most cooked game in the world. Uh, yeah, me playing that. And then I've actually got a towel from Singapore Grand Prix 2009 and I just thought it was the first one.
1: All right, let's move on to our final talking point, and that is from testing. And arguably...
2: What? I had one more thing. What? With the uh, Renault conspiracy. That Renault's a French team. Charles Leclerc is from Monaco. French, 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 you know? Let's move on to our next... French relations. Just disregard that comment from James anyway. Come on. No. Like, let's be real, though. Like, he's... Basically from France. He's not a
1: Renault driver. France put all the money into Renault and they can't produce. So I don't know. Anyway, we've got to move on. Next talking point from testing, as I was saying before, and there was a major, major talking point, and that is the son of
2: Michael Schumacher. Mick Schumacher. Testing. But no, the the, the son of Michael Schumacher. Mm. Mick Schumacher. Mm. Isn't that that great, Mick? I know. Mick and Michael. I I just
1: kept looking at him like... Hang on, his dad is His dad is Michael, Michael, and he's and he's Mick. Mick. Anyway, Mick Schumacher he did testing for Ferrari and Alfa Romeo, and it was a success because he recorded identical times in both cars on the days. He commented how oh, it was fantastic that we could uh, break as late as possible, um, and I was just trying to That's get pieces cool. that and all that. That's so, pretty cool. Um, he said that he's not going to go into F one next year.
2: No. But,
1: but, do you think when he does say let's okay, let's just say this, he nominates or he says he wants to go into F one in twenty twenty one, does he replace Sebastian Vettel, oh, mate? I've got because I... people were already talking about Mick Schumacher and Charles Leclerc pairing up next season after his testing performance, and then of course he comes out and says that he's not going to go into F one next year; he's going to have
2: another year in F two, mm-hmm. but. In 2021, does he replace Sebastian Vettel? I've got a few comments on this from the F1 fan group. Which we'll get to later. Which we'll get to later. So I don't want to give away too much. Um, but hints are saying... Give um, me
1: an answer. What do you What do you reckon? Yes or no?
2: I don't think so. I'm a yes. Undoubtedly. Unless, As I said, unless Charlotte- something bad happens or he loses form or he's just not a good driver, then yes. Mm. But the way it's going... Why would you replace a fo- like a four-time, you know, drivers champion with mm. a rookie? Mm. You know, I, if if he was gonna join Leclerc at Ferrari, I would want Leclerc to have a bit more experience, because if mm. you've got two rookies, basic, basically they're rookies. Like Leclerc, he hasn't been in a competitive car, so he doesn't understand you know what it's like. He was in a Sauber last year. Alfa, it, it was a Sauber <laughs> last year. Didn't perform the greatest. The Sauber Alpha Romeo, correct. Right. Um, and yes, yeah, so I don't. I think he needs a year or two mm. under his belt. So maybe this season and next season, obviously, so then he can join in 2021. And if that's you know, there's five green, there's, the, there's there's five lights ready to go. Um, a, that was, that was a pun. There, hope you like that. Cool. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so I think. I think easily he could do it, but it's going to be the right circumstances. All right. I'll put this
1: scenario to you. He wins the F2 Championship. Vettel continues his woes, and Leclerc is clearly the number one driver for Ferrari. I think the weight of the Italian press and the fact that Mick has the Schumacher name it is going to be too much for Ferrari to, yeah. for Ferrari to deny him. So I think there
2: will be boycotts as much as I at think the Monza that, Grand Prix.
1: As much as I think that he will start at say, let's let's just say he will start at Alpha Romeo, the Ferrari sister team. I think if things continue the way they're going right now, where it appears that Leclerc is going to become, not that he is already, but that yep. he's going to become the number one driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and then of course, Mick Schumacher just dominates F2 and yep. just does superbly well and continues his testing form and whatever. He'll partner up with Leclerc. Fair enough. And he's got the Schumacher name. I
2: mean, that's what more that's the do you ploy. Name? That's the ploy. That's the one. Because everyone's just like, "Oh, that's mm.
1: Schumacher." All right, so that's our that wraps up our wash up from the Bahrain Grand Prix. We're now going to get stuck into our preview of the 1000th Grand Prix in China. <laughs> All right, let's get stuck into
2: the preview of this
1: weekend's Chinese Grand Prix. Of course,
2: the thousandth Grand Prix. Uh, funnily enough, taking it in you know one of the not uh, prestigious tracks anyway. in um in in F one China. You know you'd expect like Monaco to be like the thousandth Grand Prix. Mm. All right, so James,
1: we will do two each, and then we'll agree on one. I guess I don't know, but actually no, individually. Your three drivers most at stake for this Chinese Grand Prix?
2: Roman Grosjean, Daniel Ricciardo, and Sebastian Vettel.
1: That's good. I'm going to find it hard to disagree with you on that, James. We'll, we'll go through them individually, of course, now. So, yep. obviously, Roman Grosjean yet to score a point uh, for Haas in the Drivers' Championship this year. And eerily, Similar start to uh, what he had last year with Haas, and of course, um, he did have a, a late season rush of points. Was very lucky, but of course we don't know if that's going to happen again this year. Mm-hmm. So, in a very competitive car, in the Haas car, has to do well. Then there's of course Daniel Ricciardo. First race, I guess I'm going to say it's his own doing. Bahrain, where it was the electrical issues. So it hasn't been quite the start to the season that Daniel Ricciardo would have hoped and would have wanted and nor is it what Renault would have wanted or expected from him. So firstly he needs to finish the race and mm-hmm. secondly he does need to score points, I think. And then of course Sebastian Vettel. You want to elaborate on Sebastian Vettel.
2: Oh, he's just he's had a lacklustre um first two races of the season, which you'd think you know he'd he'd win a race or he'd get on the podium. Uh, he hasn't done that, which is very surprising. Um, you know, in in Australia, Vettel, no, what I was saying? Hamilton, Bottas, and Verstappen were on the you know on the podium, and then it was again Vettel. No, am I saying Vettel? Bottas, Hamilton, and Leclerc. So he certainly needs to do something uh, about his driving or whatever it is in his car that needs to be fixed. It needs to be fixed because the way it's going. He's not going to be having a good season, um, you know. And but again, it's it's still early season, so we don't know what's what's going to happen. Uh, you know, to Charles's car, to you know new eng- engine regulations, new performance packages that come through from the factories. We just don't know. Uh, but you know, certainly, I think I think Spain will be a good um, will will be a good indicator who's you know in the front runners because you know we always see people um, would drivers emerge and really show their dominance by, by the Spanish Grand Prix.
1: All right. So those were our three drivers most at stake. Roman Grosjean of Haas, Daniel Ricciardo of Renault, and Sebastian Vettel of Ferrari. Now we're going to get stuck into our team most at stake. So we all know who my team most at stake is, and that is Renault. James, who is your team most at stake? And I have a feeling it might be the team that is the colour of your shirt today.
2: Ooh. Oh, you really think? I reckon as well. Ferrari. The big um, the big black stallion. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, they've had a very disappointing weekend in Bahrain and you know, regardless
1: of them being of course the actual best team.
2: Yeah. They they had a shocking weekend, cause Correct. They didn't score many points at all. And it was one of the grand prix where you know, you've got you've got the second youngest ever pole sitter literally begging for a win and you can't even pull up a good car for it. And as we've said before, it was like a um it was a never before seen engine problem. But that's very surprising to me because when you think about it, if you're an engineer, you know, who's f- working for a Formula 1 team, you'd expect to um you know, know all these problems because you can't just go out and sit a pole, you know, lead the whole race and then be overtaken with him with 15 laps to go.
1: Also in the standings, they currently are 39 points behind Mercedes. Mercedes are an 87 Ferrari, 48. Rebel are only 17 points behind Ferrari, so I think that sums it up quite but well. But again, this before. is one of
2: those you can't afford to fall behind exactly. so early in their constructors. Their finishes,
1: so Mercedes have been 1-2 at both Australia and Bahrain. Meanwhile, Ferrari, they've been 4-5 at Australia, and then Bahrain improved it slightly. It's a three and five. So, of course, that means third finish, fifth finish, fourth finish, etc. So, yeah. I agree with you there, James, that Ferrari are a team, most at sake, But my one is Renault. And I think yep. it's quite clear, as we discussed before, three out of four potential finishers have gone begging, two of them involving Daniel Ricciardo, two of them last week at the Bahrain Grand Prix with a handful of laps remaining, both suffering engine fault yep. issues. Both were in the well, points. One was an
2: engine. One was Sorry, electrical. Sorry, it was electrical. electrical were, they, were they both electrical? Both electrical. Jeez, that's that's um, some, um, you know, scary Holgenberg,
1: stuff. Hulkenberg was running in sixth position. Daniel Ricciardo was running in tenth position. So both would have featured in the points and, of course, uh, would have been a huge uh, points haul, a bag for him. Um, now, of course, it sees him sitting in seventh in the constructions. Not the end of the world, by any stretch of the imagination. No. They are... Are sitting six points, of course, thanks to Hulkenberg recording a seventh-place finish at the Australian Grand Prix. They are only four points behind Alfa Romeo Racing Ferrari, isn't it, now their official full name. who are in fourth, the best of the rest. Yeah.
2: So, not is all... Um, I'm quite surprised with Alfa Romeo, mm. I can say, because... I'm not surprised. I, I'm, well, I mean, I'm, Antonio I'm, Giovinazzi, you know, pleasantly.
1: I'm very happy with the way McLaren is going, though, mind you. Yep. Anyway, so that wraps up... Oh, no, actually, no, it doesn't, because we need to give a prediction, an early, Mm. very early prediction, without having seen any pracky, any qualifying. Who's going to win this weekend's 1,000th Grand Prix in China? Hamez.
2: I want to stick to my guns and say Leclerc, like I did last week, saying that he'll find victory uh, this weekend. But I'm having trouble... um, keeping faith in that I think it'll be one of the Mercedes again and who I think Bottas might make it three what's the top three it'll be not in order this won't be in order whatsoever No, just do it do it in order No, but I can't I'll, t- I'll do it in order as well it, it can't be in order because I can't pick a winner well you said Bottas is going to win so there you go Bottas is he, first Bottas is first thank you I reckon Leclerc will get second yeah and I reckon Verstappen will get third okay I'm going to go with a Lewis Hamilton
1: win. Yep. Um, I will go Sebastian Vettel second, Valtteri Bottas third.
2: the well, Leclerc doesn't get in the podium. No. Ooh. I
1: think Sebastian Vettel will bounce back, and Mercedes will be the strong car this weekend. Fair enough. But, of course, we don't know. Anyway, that about uh, wraps up our predictions and preview of the Tri Grand Prix. We're now going to get stuck into our comments from the F1 official fan group.
2: All right, so moving into the questions and answers and posts and whatever you want to call it of the Formula One comments, comments, posts, shares, likes um, of the Formula One. I feature a fan group on Facebook. Get around that because there's some really cool guys who are you know post some really good stuff. Uh, So the first post uh, was uh, Leclerc. No, I'm not saying uh, Vettel and uh, Mick Schumacher and he posted you know would you like would you guys like to see these two add a team together uh someone says no i don't think so i would like to see Mick and Leclerc in 2020 and Esteban Ocon and Max Verstappen at Mercedes now that's one that got me really thinking because Please repeat that All right no full stop i don't think so full stop i would like to see Mick and Leclerc uh, in 2020, yeah. full stop. And Esteban Ocon and Max Verstappen at Mercedes. At Mercedes. Now that's
1: interesting, though, about Max that, Verstappen. Because that, that's
2: one of the best comments I've seen in a long time. I missed out on saying in the wash-up, there was
1: an article about um, the reasoning, or about a contract clause about Max Verstappen, and that is Correct. he's got a performance contract clause if Red Bull aren't, I guess, uh, competing... Where he thinks they can or where he thinks they will be he can opt out next season and Mercedes are uh, looking very um, much into this situation and have contacted Verstappen and his managers about that so I've got a question for you that, that, that comment's very interesting
2: and of course Ocon the re, the reserve <laughs> driver but I mean Hamilton I've got a question there. to put to you go do you think this was Lewis Hamilton's last season?
1: Well, I did actually read an article today that he's interested in going into the future of motorsport, and that is the uh, Formula E.
2: Yes. Now, this this is uh, certainly a, uh, a motorsport that tickles my fancy solely because there's these, um, what do they call them, attack modes. Yeah. That, uh, you've got to hit a certain point at a certain corner on the track. That activates it. If you run wide on it, or if you don't get, you know, what, you know what's great about do they, it. Do they have the fan boost anymore, or not anymore? I Don't think so. For those what? that don't
1: know what it was, it was there's a fan boost, and people voted for like their favorite driver or something, and then they get a fan boost, and they can actually use a little bit of extra power.
2: No, yeah. So this is you've got to get your whole car over the line mm-hmm. in the regulation. If there's a little bit of your car sticking out, it doesn't work. I was watching a video today on uh, Jean-Eric Verne uh, he drives the gold car. I don't, know what, I don't know, know what the team called, but it's the gold car and it's a pretty good car because he wins a lot of races. Uh, and he was getting quite annoyed because there was this one point in the track that he couldn't hit. And it was so triggering for him because he's just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I can't hit it every single time I try to, I can't. Uh, so that, you know, that certainly tickles my fancy. I don't mind a bit of uh, Formula E, F-E. <laughs> but anyway, um, in terms of this being
1: Lewis Hamilton's last year, no. I mean, if his car... Mercedes is continuing if you, to. If he wins
2: another championship, though, no. Do you think he'll retire like Rosberg? Why,
1: why would you retire when you've got a championship-winning car? Rosberg ran away from a fight that year with Hamilton and the previous two. He got scared. Yeah, he it got just, scared. It did him. So, um, and he, and him, he just snuck him, away with that championship for him, him in his teeth. Yep, yeah, for him winning that championship, that was it. So, yep. for Lewis Hamilton, no, he's not well, going to stop. He's 34. He's not going to stop until he passes Michael Schumacher and just obliterates the record. For me, he's 34. He's not going to stop. So what's what? Do you know
2: what Schumacher's record? Seven. Okay.
1: He's on five.
2: Yep. So he's, he's got another.
1: He'll get this year. Let's just say so that six. He'll get the next year with
2: the regulations seven, and then he get twenty twenty one. We the big. So he's. But who he's knows what twenty twenty one's going to do? Like he's not leaving anytime okay. soon. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, moving. Uh, yes, there's some comments um, regarding that. Comment, so to speak, of Verstappen, Ocon, Mercedes, whatever it is, um, that won't happen. <laughs> and then someone said Bottas back to Williams uh, to win a championship in 2021. No, which a bit, I can't. It's a bit, bit far fetched. Um, everything is possible in 2021. People are saying you know, any, any anything will happen. But again, I reckon if Schumacher and Leclerc, I, I don't, I don't I, have a 2020 vision. So ah <laughs> uh, that's funny mm. I I still can't can they get so around far, saying yeah? uh, I still can't get over saying Schumacher again like who would have thought we'd be you know another Schumacher would be driving in F1 mm. you know only what was it six years after his dad finished up at, uh, at Mercedes Petronas uh, but again with the, with the same post about Schumacher and uh, Vettel no again I'd like Mick and Leclerc a bit or better Charles Leclerc and Dan Ricardo. Which wouldn't be bad but it won't happen. Correct. Um no not at Ferrari. I think Charles Leclerc uh, and Mick Vettel has um has to go. So people are inkling that, you know, Vettel has to has to get the boot if he's not having a good season. Mm. Because again Ferrari's gonna be a hot seat uh, you know to get and to keep in the coming years with the new regulations coming through. Uh, A bit of a step aside from the top three cars. Alonso um, was quoted uh, saying the 2019 McLaren car is a step forward, but not Not enough enough. to tempt me back. Uh, Look, uh, Fernando Alonso may have stepped away from F1 at the end of 2018. Uh, but just four months since 2019, he's already back in an F1 car testing in Bahrain. Question, question for you on that, James. Mm-hmm. Do you think Fernando Alonso will make a comeback to Formula One? Who knows? Yes it's or
1: no? It's
2: fin- yes.
1: When? I don't know. Give it.
2: Give it a date. 2021.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I reckon. I reckon he'll make a comeback. 2021, when he sees McLaren doing well,
2: <laughs> which will happen this year, he will come back. No um, and uh, and having and having samples of the McLarens' current spec, the um, MCL34, during testing in Bahrain, the Spaniard appeared pretty impressed with the work the team has done so far this season. Uh, one more, I think, just finish off with a bit of light-hearted, um, nothing too serious. That Puma's become the exclusive sponsor of Red Bull uh, for one the day already. for the, but they've just signed a brand new contract, a multi-million dollar contract that sees them. Uh, for quite a number of years We're talking In excess of five years Okay Which is big uh, No but like When you think about it, You know You've got Tommy Hilfiger Sponsoring Mercedes You've got Lecoq uh, Sponsoring uh, Sportif is, uh, So it's Lecoq Sportif Yeah Sponsoring uh, It's not just the rooster It's, it's a nice for those rooster that, For those
1: that think We're talking about A male genitalia We're not <laughs> Talking about the French version of the Aristo, very which nice, is Le Coq, Sportif, the, the anyway. very
2: nice brand. Um, it's a very nice brand. Uh, what else we have? Let's just Puma. Puma's and already Puma's done Ferrari for a while. Yep, so they're not doing Ferrari anymore. Is that the case? I don't know. They haven't said anything about it, they've
1: only said uh, Red Bull. All right, I think that pretty much wraps up your comments. Yeah. Pretty much does. And I, pretty, I think that pretty much wraps yeah, up our Chinese up. Grand Prix preview. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening into this uh, edition of the Q3 podcast. Thank you, James.
2: Been a pleasure, as always.
1: Of course, we'll be back next Monday to give you the lowdown and the full-on wrap from what was the 1,000th Grand Prix in China. Hopefully, it is a ripper and hopefully we can say that, hmm, what can we say? Ricardo finished. Look, Leclerc Kets maybe won, maybe maybe wins it, mm-hmm. um, and maybe we have all twenty drivers getting through unscathed in the thousandth Grand Prix. How good would that be? Imagine.
2: Anyway, until next week, we'll catch you at the front of the grid. Yeah.